Welcome to Public Domain Video Theater, presented by the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. This time, we're bringing you an episode of Richard Diamond. The original air date was August the 5th of 1957. It was Season 1, Episode 6, and the title is Hit and Run. green sedan license number 4x3675 why yes I do I'm afraid I'll have to ask you to come with us sir come with you what's wrong there was a hit-and-run accident a few miles away your car has been identified as the one that did it my car 
That's ridiculous. I've been here. I'm sorry, sir. You'll have to come with us. This way, please. It's okay, honey. There's just been a mistake somewhere. Laurie Gates. Age 20, hair offbeat blonde, eyes blue, tinged with red. Occupation? Fiance of a boy in jail. Now, I won't say I believed his story, but let's see you come right out and say no to injured innocence with tear-filled blue eyes. Still not wanting to give in too easily, I questioned her even further. He'd been with Mr. Winters for the full hour previously. All day. He didn't leave you even for a little while? No, not for one single moment. You sure you weren't on that road? Mr. Diamond, we were coming from an entirely different direction. Honest, we weren't even near it. All right, I'll look into it. I'm not promising anything. Oh, Mr. Diamond, thank you. Thank you, Mr. Wells. You've been very cooperative. That's all right, Lieutenant. I, uh, kind of hate putting that young fellow on the spot, but, well, I did see the accident, and there's no doubt in my mind but that he was driving. Any chance you might have been mistaken? I mean, it was dark. Lieutenant, I wish there was. Honest. But, like I said on that paper, his car passed me going real fast. Then, not so much as a minute later, I go around the curve, there's his car, slow down. Then when my lights hit it, he just whooshed away. I got out of my car, saw that he'd hit somebody, and, well, you know the rest. I see. Well, thank you, Mr. Wells. You mean you're through with me? Yes, I don't think we'll be needing you anymore. This deposition will do the job in court, unless, of course, it's questioned, and we might have to get in touch with you again. In view of all the rest of the evidence, I don't think that'll be necessary. Oh, that's good. I, uh, I travel a lot, you know. Ladies ready to wear and I'm uh, going back Midwest. Uh, well, if we want you, we have your hotel. Have you any idea how long you'll be there? Oh, just for a few days, Lieutenant. Like I said, I'm heading out of town. I, I'm going to find a new position and some new territory I like. Kind of like me if I had as much trouble finding a job, you know. But as soon as I'm located, I'll let you know. Please do that. Well, so long, Lieutenant. Goodbye, Mr. Wells. You too, Sergeant. Open and shut, huh, Lieutenant? Oh, looks that way. File this, will you, Riker? Sure, Lieutenant. That Winters seemed like such a nice kid, too. Uh, he probably is. This panic got himself in a real mess. The bits of cloth on the front bumper, the dent in the fender. Are you sure they weren't there before you parked for dinner? I don't see how they could have been. But then... Bob, do you know the man that was killed? No, never even heard of him. Lieutenant McGo went all over that with me. Yeah, well, I don't know. I just don't know. Mr. Diamond, thanks for everything. But I guess it's no use. I don't understand how or why. But everything's just stacked up against me. It may be, but if you're telling the truth... Mr. Diamond, he is. Guard! What are you doing? I'm going to do a little checking. Now, look, Rick, I know they're nice kids, but you're licked before you start. Let's just check the facts. Yeah, I know, Mac. But I'm sorry, for some reason, I'm sure the kids didn't do it. Sure you are. Her name's Larry Gates. She's a very pretty little girl, and I don't blame you a bit. It's not it, Mac. You mean the tears didn't flow? Look, Rick, I might agree with you if it weren't for a positive identification, an eyewitness. Well, could the witness be lying? 
Well, maybe, but why? I don't know, but it's worth checking. Where does he live? Chicago. I already checked. No record, just an Illinois driver's license. What about a POE? He works for himself. No employer, traveling drummer, just picks up merchandise and sells it. Did you check his print? Now, look, Rick, he's a witness, not a suspect. Well, he could be using a phony name, Mac. Well, could be, but I doubt it. I think you're running up a blind alley. Yeah, I suppose so. Oh, uh, incidentally, Lieutenant, if this is such an open and shut case, how come you checked? Do you think I'm so old, a cute kid's tears don't work on me, too? Hey, where's, uh, where's this well staying in town? Oh, uh, Lorraine Hotel, West 49th Street. Why? I just got an idea. May I borrow Riker a while? Oh, now, wait a minute, Rick. I can't send a department man. Remember a cute kid's tears? Okay. Go ahead with him, Riker, and don't let him get you into trouble. As soon as I could, I got back to the office and called up Chico Burns, an old buddy of mine. I had once been able to do him a small favor, namely save his life. And guys like Chico rarely forget a thing like that. You ever see this guy before? This, this guy? Nah. Wait a minute. Let me think. Yeah, put on weight. Couple of years. In Baltimore. Right after the war. Small time hood. Would a guy like this be imported to do a killing, Chico? It's possible. Very possible. Why? I want you to do me a favor. I want you to make a contact for me. Now, Rick, you know I'm legit now. When I ask you to do anything against your scruples. All right. I'll make that contact. Then what? I want you to finger someone for me. Ah, oh, no, Rick. You're crazy. Come on, give a listen now. Here's what we're going to do. Whitey Finney, well, I'll be... Wells is the name, pal. Joe Wells. Take a good look, kid. Baltimore, 47, Chico Burns. The name is still Wells. All right, then. Now it's Wells. But it was Whitey Finney, and you did live in Baltimore. And my name's Chico Burns. Remember? I might. So? So is one old pal to another. I hear that you're doing okay in a certain line of business, such as automobiles. But this here meeting isn't going to be no accident. I don't know what you're talking about. Now listen, Whitey, that's not because you hurt. That little accident job you've done out in the island. Why don't you clam up? Not that I dig your story, Shorty, but uh, 
Let's keep the pipes low, huh? The lower, the better. Fellow, buddy, I've got a proposition to make to you. I ain't interested in no propositions. This one is worth 5,000 smackers. Five big ones, huh? Well, I don't know what's bugging you, pal, but for five Gs, I'm on the Erie for anything. Oh, uh, in regards to that little accident you just mentioned. Not that I'm hip, but, uh, just for laughs, who tipped you? Ah, don't worry. You're clean. It's just that a certain party who brought you up here, and we should be nameless. Knew I had a job to be done, too. So, as long as you're around the neighborhood, I... That certain party should learn how to keep his trap shut. Anyways, I thought he was out of town. You heard of telephones? Look, interested or not? I'm still here, ain't I? All right, then. This is the deal. The guy's moniker is Diamond. He's a private dick. It's all there. I know, but I just like to feel it. <laughs> okay, boys, remember, no slip-ups, eh? Look, friend, if you're afraid of any slip-up, take your money back. I'm not so out for this job anyway. Just checking. I always like to play it safe. That's just how you are playing it, shorty. <laughs> okay, boys. Make headlines. Just have the rest of the money when we call, friend. Sure. Friend. Five grand, Charlie. Five big ones. I told you we'd make the big time. Yeah. What's eating you? It's twice as much as we got for the other guy. That's what's eating me. Whitey, how well you know this Burns character? I told you, from Baltimore. He's okay. He said this diamond guy always goes to his office first and then moves over to the garage, right? Yeah. All right. I move that we pick him up before he gets to the garage, say, uh, as he leaves the office. Yeah, I'm leaving now. I'll be at the garage in 15 minutes. Okay, Rick, we'll be waiting. And look, one more thing. What's that? Play it safe now, will you? No games. It's so good to know that someone cares. Just relax. What's this? Just do like I say. You're looking for money, buddy. You got the wrong boy. Ah, shut up, will you? Follow that car. Maybe not. 
Staff 19. Go ahead, 19. Put out on all units, call to be on the lookout for a 57 convertible. License number 2D7876. Report back to me as soon as you spot it. Right. Okay, Riker, let's go. Where to? Diamond's office. We'll start from there. My night blindness. Now, you want to do this the easy way? No. Pick the same area, but it's better than sitting here. Let's go. Attention, all units. Be on the lookout for a 57 convertible license number to Denver 7876. play brain buster or both you and the cop will get your heads ventilated well all righty friend it's much too cold for air conditioning all that beautiful wild one in uniform salvation i knew mac must have sent out in all units i drew a deep happy breath May I see your license, please? You're on a boulevard stop, and we're speeding. That's a 45-mile zone. And, uh, here you are, officer. Not your private detective license. Your driver's. You drive much here on the island? No, this is the first time in quite a while. Lieutenant McGough and I used to drive out here once in a while on our way to Montauk for some fishing. Oh, you know McGough? Yeah, just like a father. 
I certainly wish he were here right now, yes, sir. Officer, just write out the ticket if you don't mind. We've got a little business. Your uh, friend seems to be a little impatient. Don't mind him. We got plenty of time. Lucky for you, you're a friend of McGo's. Usually I pull wise guys in, so take it easy from now on, huh? And when you see McGo... I have a feeling you'll be seeing him first. Me? I haven't seen him in five years. Or maybe you'll be talking to him. I mean, like, uh... Richard, I've got to be going now. Yeah, well, uh... Thanks a lot for everything, officer. You've been keen. Uh, if you happen to talk to Lieutenant McGo... So long, officer. You won't mind taking care of this, will you? Uh, usually I don't take pleasure in my job. But with you... I'm so happy to be the one that makes you happy. Control one. This is Staff 19. Send out that all units again. Keep sending. Attention all units. Be on the lookout for a 57 convertible license number to Denver 7876. Attention all units. Call in when you've spotted it. Hello, Control. This is M18JB. I'm out on Route 31. I saw your car heading east. That's it, Riker. Pour it on. All right, Waddy, this will do fine. Make it quick. Check. I'm going to get all dirty. Don't worry about it. You're going to be even dirtier soon. It's my one good suit, too. Come on, comic. Move up front. Back her up. Hey, you know, I have an AAA card. It makes me happy to... Jack her up! Now I'll ruin my manicure. I'll buy you a new one. Take it off! 
kind of exciting there toward the end. Just like you to be sleeping through the most interesting part of it. Can you ever forgive me? <laughs> they talk, Lieutenant. All right, we better get those two guys in a cell. Are you sure you're all right, Rick? Anything I can do for you? Yeah, there is one thing, Lieutenant. Um, would you help me change my tire? Welcome back. When the lieutenant talks about Diamond being asleep for the exciting part, it kind of admits that there's some not-so-exciting parts in the episode. But we'll get to those in a moment. I wanted to start by talking about the parts I thought actually worked. And to me, the exciting part wasn't at the end. It was near the beginning with the slaying that we actually saw. And it was just kind of a basic technique, but really done effectively. Where you see this really swift cut. And it almost looks like the car is going to run right through the TV screen at you. It's just a very effective technique. Very well done. Probably the problems with this episode, the biggest one, comes to technique. And in particular, the issue of portraying how cars move and how car chases work. And this was a thing that was a problem in a lot of films and TV shows, particularly in the 50s and 60s. It's the type of thing that got made fun of a lot on Mystery Science Theater 3000. But we see it here, where after the big dramatic killing, we see the killer approach at a reasonable speed. Park the car correctly. Get out of the car. Walk over to his car somewhat nonchalantly. Get in and drive away at a reasonable speed. And so there's this sense of not knowing, but really doesn't need to be shown. And what if you try and show on television or in a movie, just really slows things down. 
One weird thing in this one, too, is how the criminals change their plans. And I think this was mainly the stooge to have Diamond change the tire. Because you'll recall at the beginning of the episode, the stooge was changing the tire. But here, the stooge is just so fed up with Diamond, it's as if he's saying, you know what can make death worse? Having to change your tire when you really don't have to. Of course, when your plan is complicated enough, you really should avoid changing it if you don't have to. And there were so many ways that this plan, this method, could just go totally wrong for the criminals. Don't know how many times I've gone into a restaurant and I've said, you know, I forgot something in the car. Let me go out and get it. Now, if this couple, one of them had forgot something in the car and gone out and find the car missing while they're off uh, committing the murder, then this plan falls apart. Or another big problem I see with the plan is the parking space they take this from is right in front of the restaurant. And so they return and the parking spot's filled. And all the parking spaces nearby are filled. And people are going to notice if their car has been moved to a different space. You add to this that the killer has to be involved in the case by coming forward as a witness. And this plan starts looking a little bit uh, weaker than you would otherwise think. Another thing that was interesting about this episode was Richard Diamond uh, attempting humor. Uh, many viewers have commented to me that unlike the radio Richard Diamond, the TV Richard Diamond really doesn't do jokes or humor. And you saw several attempts of it at, in this episode, but it wasn't the really easy breezy sort of humor that Dick Powell did as kind of this natural born smart aleck. It's the sort of stalling for time, nervous humor of a private detective who didn't quite plan everything out as you would tend to really want to do when you ask a good old ex-con friend to finger you as a victim of a professional hit in an attempt to catch the killers. And to his credit, I think David Jansen does a good job playing this uh, correctly. He's a very good actor who would, of course, go on to star in a lot of other television shows and movies, including The Fugitive. This episode also does have a moral for it for the underworld, because as we listen to uh, Diamond and the lieutenant talk, the one reason that they really doubted the guilt of the young couple is that they were just so cute. And thus, we know our villain's fatal mistake. They broke the unwritten law, which is only try to frame ugly people. With that, we will wrap things up. If you do have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. Become one of our uh, patrons at patreon.com slash radiodetectives. Join us back here next time for another episode of Public Domain Video Theater from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.